Good morning, everyone. My name is Simeon. I'm speaking to you from Cambridge, England, and I'm very glad to be uh, part of this devotional series. Today, I want to talk about hope, about Christian hope. Part of why I want to talk about this is because it seems to me that there is a lot of despair in the world today. Hope is in some ways in short supply. I remember not very long ago, I was meeting with a friend, an old friend, and uh, it emerged that he and his wife were very keen to have children, but they were, they were genuinely resisting it because they felt such a sense, a palpable sense of hopelessness um, and even despair at the state of the world. I think for them, it was about certain kinds of intractable political situations, uh, about the climate crisis, that sort of thing. But I think in the time of pandemic, uh, there are all sorts of other sources of despair as well. Um, for example, economic despair. People may have lost their jobs or not know what the future holds economically. And some people are maybe, maybe this has brought home the despair of loneliness, uh, of just being alone for a long time and not wanting to be, not feeling any power over that situation. So in light of this, I want to talk about Christian hope. And to do so, I'm going to use two verses. The first is from Romans 8, uh, ch uh, chapter 8, verse 24. Hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? The second verse is from Hebrews, chapter 11. For faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So I think an implication of both of these verses, which are saying something very similar, is that whatever hope is, it doesn't reside in what we can see. In fact, it's sort of, their verses sort of imply that what we do see, the, the, the perceptions we have of the world around us and how it works, will be despair-inducing. That when we look at what's around us, we may not see reason to hope. Hope lives somewhere else. I'll never forget when I was first married. Bonnie and I moved over to England. We flew across the sea <clears throat> to start grad school. We arrived in Cambridge, in this town where I'm speaking to you now, and we were led to this tiny little graduate apartment. It was the smallest apartment I think I had ever seen. The bedroom was so small you uh, could barely walk around the bed. The kitchen could only fit one person in it at a time. For some reason, the fire alarm would go off when you used the shower. Um, it was pretty brutal. But what I specifically remember, and I'll never forget, is that Bonnie, my wife, my sort of new wife, the sort of new hope that we had, we walked in and she looked around and burst into tears. She couldn't see a way to happiness in that first moment um, in this tiny place. And I couldn't either. You know, how can you uh, find happiness in a country that you're not familiar with, with no friends, uh, no money, and living in this tiny little box? So the idea that I want to present to you today is that Christian faith operates according to a logic or a horizon that is very different from the logic of we, we ourselves see when we look at the world around us. When we look at our lives, when we try to peer into our futures, we tend to do so according to what you might call the logic of finitude, of limited resources. We use the logic of the zero-sum game. We think that our happiness and the world's good is dependent upon forces that we can see and control, and those forces are limited. When we look at things that make us feel hopeless, what we're seeing is just what's there. So when Bonnie and I looked at this apartment, 
all we could see was its limitations. Uh, we were operating according to the logic of finitude. But Christian faith operates according to a different logic. It is not the logic of finite resources or zero-sum games. Christian faith, the horizon of Christian faith, is the horizon of superabundance. It's the logic of a benign providence that is not limited by the chains of causality that we perceive around us. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 3 what Jesus says? He says, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. He's critiquing our logic of finitude and contrasting it with the power of God, which is not subject to such limitation. So this is the logic of Christian hope. It is not in what we see. It exceeds by far what we could ever see. And this is really deep in the logic of the, of the tradition. It's the logic of creation. God created the world not out of existing resources, existing patterns of causality. He created the world from nothing. The resurrection, God's you know, death is in its many ways the ultimate limitation on our lives, on our horizon. And yet even death cannot stop God's work. Whatever is making you feel hopeless right now, I think many of us, there must be some place where you, like me, are trapped in a chain of, of the logic of finitude, that you are thinking of things as a zero-sum game and it is giving you despair. Well, my prayer is that you would have an encounter with the God of hope, who is not limited by what we can see, who has hope that is grounded in something beyond the situation as we perceive it. When I look back on that little apartment, which is just half a mile up the road from here, when I look back on it now, I don't see this tiny place of limitation and suffering. I see it as the gateway, as the incubator, um, as a place that is pregnant with the whole of our future, with a, uh, so much that is good in our lives today comes out of what was made possible by that, that tiny little apartment professional calling, um, deep friends, a culture that we love here in England, um, and perhaps above all, our three children who are downstairs doing homeschooling during lockdown, these three amazing children, two of whom were born just down the road from that department, that apartment. So when God looked at that apartment, he didn't see the limits. He saw our future, a future filled with hope. So my prayer is that for all of us, that would be what we see today in whatever situation is bringing despair, that you would see not the human logic of finitude, but God's logic of hope.